Welcome to Indie Stories. I am Surinder Deol. This week I read a story by Gurudev Rabindranath Tagore, a writer who needs no introduction to the listeners. He not only rejuvenated Bengali literature, but there is not an Indian genre or sub-genre of fiction, poetry, playwriting, philosophy, art and education that he did not profoundly influence. He was born in Calcutta in 1861 in a distinguished family at the forefront of the Indian Renaissance. His father, Dabindranath Tagore, was a patron of arts while his brothers and sisters were poets, novelists, philosophers and musicians. He got his education not from sitting in the confines of a classroom but through reading great books and travels within India. In 1873, he traveled to Amritsar for a short visit but stayed for a month because the singing of Gurbani at the Golden Temple significantly moved him and his father and this memory stayed with him for the rest of his life. In 1901, he moved to Shantiniketan and founded an ashram. While on a trip to England, he showed his translation of Gitanjali to poets William Butler Yeats and Ezra Pound, who helped him get the book published by Asia Society. That is how he won the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1913, the first non-European to win this honor. He was also awarded a knighthood in 1915, which he renounced after the Jallianwala massacre of 1919. Tagore started writing short stories when he was 16. The Shantin Ketan Ashram became a center of learning and was named Vishbharti. Tagore was a gifted composer. He composed more than 2,000 songs. His songs are also national anthems of two countries, India and Bangladesh. Tagore traveled extensively and conversed with leading literary, political and scientific personalities of his time, people like Einstein. He influenced literature and arts not only in India but globally. He died in 1941. The story, The Tale of a Muslim Woman, was composed by Tagore a few months before his death, but it was not published until 1955. I present a translation by Kalyani Datta. Let us listen. Rabindranath Tagore, The Tale of a Muslim Woman It was a time when the rule of law in the land was threatened by agents of anarchy. Every moment of night and day, people trembled under unprecedented blows of tyranny. A nightmarish web seemed to tangle the most normal rituals of living. People put all their faith in God living in imagined terror of false gods. It was impossible to trust anyone, be it good 
or bad man or god. Tears were their only recourse. It was difficult to distinguish between the consequences of good actions and bad ones. So faint had the borderline become. At every step people stumbled into calamities. Under such circumstances, the birth of a beauteous daughter in someone's home seemed like a curse from the Almighty. Relatives greeted the arrival of such a girl with curses, wishing that the wretched child would die. It was a nuisance of this kind that had arrived in the home of Bansi Badam Talabdar of Teen Mohalla. Beautiful Kamla had lost her parents. The family would have breathed a sigh of relief if she had also perished with them. Instead, her uncle, Bansibadan, had so far brought her up with infinite love and great care. Her aunt often complained to the neighbors, Look at the unfairness of it all, my dears. Her parents left her behind to bring doom upon us. Anything can happen at a moment's notice. I have a house full of children. In the midst of it all, she is like a burning brand, evil intentioned. People lurk around eyeing her constantly. One of these days, she alone will cause my complete ruin. This terror keeps me awake at night. Somehow days passed in this manner. Then came a marriage proposal. How could one keep her safe amidst all the pomp and show of a wedding? Her uncle used to say, that is why I am looking for a match for her from a family that would be able to protect her. The groom was the second son of permanent state of Mochakali. He was heir to a huge treasury of cash, which was destined to disappear as soon as the father expired. The young man had decidedly luxurious tastes. He had no compunctions in practicing ways to make money vanish, such as hawking, gambling, staging bird fights with bulbuls. He was very proud of his wealth, of which he had a great deal. He deployed stout wrestlers from Bhojpur, each one a redoubtable wielder of bamboo clubs. He used to go around boasting that there was no one in the whole countryside who could lay a finger on him. The young man was quite a ladies' man. He already had a wife and was on the lookout for another newbill maiden. The news of Kamla's beauty reached his ears. Tremendously powerful and rich were the states. They were determined to acquire Kamla for their family. Kamla wept before her uncle. Kakamoni, why are you abandoning me? My dear, you know that if I had the resources to keep you safe, I would have cherished you forever, replied the uncle. The match having been finalized, the young man arrived with much aplomb to the wedding venue. There was no lack of pomp and show of music and fanfare. Kamla's uncle folded his hands and urged, Son, 
It is not wise to make such a display. Times are bad. In answer, the young man swore arrogantly, Let me see how anyone dares to confront me. Kaka pleaded, Till the wedding ceremony is over, the girl is our responsibility. Then she belongs to you. You must take charge of seeing her home safely. We do not have the power to assume that responsibility. Have no fear, said the groom boastfully. The guards from Bhojpur tucked at their mustaches and lined up, holding forth their bamboo clubs. Accompanying his bride, the groom proceeded to cross the notorious expense of Taltorar Math. Modumula was the leader of a gang of decoits. It was midnight when with loud yells and flaming torches, his gang rushed down upon the marriage party. Soon there were not many Bhojpuris to be seen. Madhumola was a notorious decoit. No mercy was to be expected if you fell into his hands. Terrified, Kamla left her litter and was about to hide behind a bush. When behind her, Habir Khan, feared by all alike, the Prophet himself stood tall and called out, Lads, keep your distance. Habir Khan is here. The decoys protested, Khan Sahib, we cannot disobey you, but why do you have to disrupt our trade? Even so, they had to give up and leave the field. Habir approached Kamla and spoke, Daughter, don't be afraid. Come home with me away from this ominous place. Kamla became extremely diffident. Habir said, I understand. Daughter of a Hindu Brahmin family, you are hesitant about it entering a Muslim home. But there is one thing you must realize. A true Muslim will also respect a drought Brahman. In my home, you will be able to live the life of a Hindu woman. My name is Habir Khan. My house is nearby. Come with me. You will be completely safe. Still Kamla, a Brahmin woman, could not overcome her diffidence. Seeing this, Habir said, Look, while I am alive, no one in this countryside will dare to touch your faith. Come with me, don't be afraid. Habir Khan took Kamla to his house. Surprisingly, amongst the eight levels of this Muslim estate, there was one part which housed a temple to Shiva and all the paraphernalia for Hindu rituals. An old Hindu Brahman approached. He said, Daughter, consider this place as pure as the home of a Hindu. There is no danger to your faith here. Kamla burst into tears and said, Have mercy. Please inform my kaka and he will fetch me back. Habir replied, Child, you are mistaken. Now no one in your family will accept you. They will throw you out into the street. Put it to rest if you will. 
Habir Khan accompanied Kamla right up to the entrance her uncle's home and said, I will wait for you here. Entering the house, Kamala embraced her uncle and pleaded, Kakamoni, don't abandon me. Tears fell from Kaka's eyes. Kaki saw her and shouted, Get rid of her. Throw her out. This ill-omened girl. Wretch, have you no shame to return from the abode of people of a different caste? Kaka said, There is no way out, my dear. This is a Hindu household. No one will accept you back. We will be thrown out of the community as well. Kamala sat for a while, hanging her head. Then she slowly stepped out of the back door and left with Habir. Her uncle's door closed behind her forever. In Habir Khan's home, arrangements had been made for her to perform all her religious ceremonies. Habir Khan assured her, None of my sons are going to enter your quarters. You will be able to carry out all your religious observances with the help of this old Brahmin. This house had a certain history attached to it. People used to call this place Rajputani's Mahal. In the past, a Nawab had brought a Rajput woman here, but he had allowed her to keep her religion intact by letting her live separately. She used to worship Shiva and even travel on pilgrimages occasionally. Elite Muslims of those days respected staunch Hindus. In this mahal, all the Hindu Begums who were given shelter by the Rajputani were able to preserve their beliefs and customs. It was said that Habir Khan was the son of that Rajput lady. Though he didn't follow his mother's religion, he worshipped her in his heart of hearts. His mother was no more, but in her memory he had adopted a mission to give succor to oppressed Hindu women who were exiled from their community. From her own family, Kamala had never received the love she was shown in this house. There, her kaki used to curse her. Constantly, she had to hear that she was an ill-omened one liable to cause total ruin, that she had brought misfortune with her, that only at her death would the family gain deliverance. Secretly, her kaka used to buy her a few clothes, but it had to be kept hidden from her kaki. After arriving in Rajputani's Mahal, Kamala was treated like a queen. Here there was no end to the love and care she received. She was surrounded by many servants all from Hindu families. Eventually, the bloom of youth filled her body. Secretly, a son of the house began visiting Kamla's mahal. The two of them fell in love. She said to Habir Khan, Baba, I have no religion. My faith lies in the one whom I love. I could never find the face of God in a religion which denied me all kinds of love that life offers and flung me in the garbage bag of neglect and indifference. I cannot forget that their God humiliated me every day. Bapajan, it was in your home that I experienced love for the first time. I realized that even an unfortunate girl has some worth. 
the God who sheltered me and gave me recognition and love, he alone is my God. I worship him. He is neither a Hindu nor a Muslim. I have given my heart to your second son, Kareem. My faith and worship inheres in him. Baptize me as a Muslim. I have no objections. Let me belong to both faiths. Heretofore, their life followed a new course. Any contact with her family was now out of the question. In an attempt to make Kamla forget that she was different from his family, Habir Khan named her Meherjan. Then it was time for the marriage of her uncle's second daughter. Arrangements were made as before. Once again, the same danger befell them. On the way, creating a great uproar, the same decoys attacked. They had felt thwarted at having been cheated out of their prey once. Now they were determined to avenge that. But closely following their shout was heard another roar. Beware! Oh-ho! Here comes the followers of Habir Khan to spoil everything. The bride's party looked for ways to escape, leaving the bride behind in her litter. Then from their midst rose the tip of a spear with the flag of Habir Khan bearing its emblem of the crescent moon fearlessly stood a second woman holding that spear. She addressed Sarla. Sister, you have nothing to be afraid of. For you, I have promise of shelter from one who protects everyone. He never discriminates on the basis of faith or caste. Kaka, I greet you. Have no fear. I will not touch your feet, nor take her home with you. No one has touched or defiled her. Tell Kaki, for many years I have been nourished on food and clothing provided by her so grudgingly, but I never imagined that I would be able to pay off that debt so fittingly. Here is a red wedding garment and a brocade kishon. Let my sister remember, if she ever faces any trouble, her Muslim sister will be ready to protect her. That was The Tale of a Muslim Woman by Rabindranath Tagore. If there is one lesson we can take from this story, it's about the prejudices that force us to harbor assumptions about other people. Good character or living one's life by higher values is not the monopoly of any one group. Caste or religion, they do not determine our goodness or badness. They are good people in every caste and in every religion. By becoming Meherjan, Kamla still retained her compassion and love for the family that actually mistreated her. Indie stories bring you short fiction 
that is well written and helps us grow our consciousness and expand our world views i'll be back next week with an exceptional piece of historical fiction penned by munshi premchand i am surinder deol saying goodbye